Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Give thanks for all that uh, the ways God inspires us uh, to uh, learn of God's goodness and live our lives through God's power. Today, as our culture is celebrating Labor Day, uh, we are asking our, the question, why rest? Uh, why, why does God command us to rest sometimes? And isn't Labor Day interesting in our culture? Uh, we say, hey, we're so proud of the work we've done. We're so proud of what we can build with, with our hands and what we accomplish uh, in, in our 40-hour work weeks. And uh, how are we gonna celebrate it? We're gonna not work. We, we love it so much that to celebrate it, we won't do it. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting when we think about rest. Do you know the way in which you can the, the most rapidly become smarter? And you know the activity that you can engage in to uh, become stronger with the most efficiency, to make your muscles strong. And do you know the uh, same activity uh, that for children helps them grow taller? It's sleep, right? Sleep is where we grow the most. Sleep is where our minds basically consolidate the gains of everything they've learned that day. And in essence, uh, sleep is uh, the self-cleaning mechanism of our brains. It flushes out the toxic chemicals. It helps us, it helps store what we have learned in our memories. And then it helps us prepare fresh and anew for for the next day. Uh, And it is sleep uh, where our muscles grow the most. Uh, where, where we become the strongest and the fittest. But of course, we know there's a catch, right? The catch is that sleep, because otherwise, uh, you know, we should all just go home and we should go to sleep, right? That would be great. In fact, occasionally in worship, I see people doing exactly that. <laughs> and, and trust me, even the lights are bright, but I can still see. Those of you at home online, you're, you're immune from that. But wh- why is it that this is so important? Well, it's what we do, all that we do only takes root, only makes a lasting difference if we also figure out how to rest. And so we want to look at how God designed us this way so we can say, how can we live our lives to the fullest and the most faithful? How can we find the life God desires for us? And one of the best ways I can share with you to do that is to take 15 minutes out of your day each day to read your Bible and to say prayers, to rest in God's goodness. Uh, We're not able to take eight hours to do Bible study a day like we do with sleep, but if you will do 15 minutes, it will help reset your spirit and help focus you for the day on what God wants, not just everything else that this world might ask of you. And we have an easy way to do that with our Bible reading plan. You can find it at concordunited.org Bible, 
or you can pick it up at the information desk. It's a, a short scripture each day. We also email out devotions. We have a podcast with devotions that go along that give you a prayer focus. Uh, you can sign up for those online. Would encourage you to do that because I don't know of anything that will focus more on what God wants for us than making that time each day. And here's what I want to share with you. There was a man you might have heard of a while back. His name was Martin Luther. He was fairly consequential in Christian history. Uh, and, and by fairly, I mean, he, he led the Protestant Reformation. The, the Lutheran church is, is named after him. He, he, not only did he have a great impact on the Protestant church, but he had a great impact on the Catholic church, which he ultimately left because they started a counter-reformation. And he really helped the church uh, across the world move from a church that had become uh, very political and money-focused to a church that reclaimed its focus on God's grace. And Martin Luther lived a very busy life. Uh, he was constantly writing. He was a professor. Uh, he was a pastor. He was a world leader. And he was often on the run for his life. And someone once asked him, that they looked at his daily schedule, and he would often pray for four hours in the morning. And they said, how can you spend so much time praying when you have so much to do? And he said, how could I ever get what, all that I have to do done if I didn't pray, if I didn't spend time in prayer? Uh, friends, many times, whenever you think you are too busy to rest, you are usually too busy not to rest. You have too much on you not to rest. And God actually built this into creation, right? <laughs> Have any of you ever seen the, the new images coming from the, the Webb telescope? Now, it's amazing. They're finding these new uh, images of stars in our universe that we've never seen uh, before because our previous telescopes couldn't get that depth of light. They're, it's looking back into billions of light years into the early days of the universe. And actually, scientists right now, they're, they're trying to come up with explanations uh, for why a lot of the things are different than uh, the standard uh, theories, scientific theories told them. And so they're, they're coming up with new explanations daily. In fact, it's, it's exciting for us lay people to read now some of it because rather than having time to go through peer-reviewed journals, these world-renowned scientists are just posting their ideas on their blogs because the images coming in are coming in so fast and so furious. And it's so new, such new material and so much of it is, is unexpected. And when you think, when I think about that, and I think about those billions of light years of stars. I think of all that being created so that God could also create people in God's own image in this particular galaxy, in this particular solar system, on this particular planet. I remember what God did after God did all of that. Do you remember? It's from Genesis chapter two. And after God creates everything, God says, says this, thus, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. 
that this creation wasn't complete until God had created humans in God's own image and then God rested. And these humans, God eventually has to instruct them how to live. And in Exodus, as God's leading God's people out of Egypt, God gives this commandment. You might recognize this as one of the the Ten Commandments. Well, Moses is leading the people out of Egypt and God tells them, if you want to be my people, and my people are create, I, I have purposed my people with making my presence and my character known. And if you want to be someone who knows my character, uh, who is familiar with my presence and makes it known to the world, these are ways you need to live by. And remember this commandment from Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. In six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it and made it holy. These are people who were coming out of slavery. They were coming out of slavery to Pharaoh where they had to work seven days a week for almost nothing. And God's saying, I'm not like that. I'm not like that. If you want to be faithful to me, one of my commands is that you take a day off. I have that command. And you take a day off and you remember me. And you spend that time with me. And in fact, you'll notice God created them to create a whole culture around this. Listen, God, God says, not only shall you not do any work, you, your son, your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. And in fact, the Jewish people took this so seriously. In Jesus' day, he had to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Guys, uh, God, God was making a point, but you've taken it a little far. If, if your ox falls in the ditch, you can pull your ox out, right? If, if somebody breaks their arm, you can go ahead and set it and put a cast on it. That's, that, that's okay to do on the Sabbath, but they created a whole culture. And now uh, we live in a culture that no longer sets aside time uh, for a whole day for God. A, a culture that no longer, uh, we, some of us grew up in a culture that not only set aside Sundays for God, right? It set aside Wednesday evenings. And you didn't have school stuff, you didn't have other stuff on, on Wednesday evenings uh, or, or Sundays. And now none of that time is set aside uh, by our culture, uh, but God still calls us. So, so what are we to do? What are we to do when we now have careers that demand we work sometimes on Sunday, what, what, are, what are we to do, not just to set aside time once during the week, but to set aside time each day to have that Sabbath? Well, I, I want to let you know that what I believe is that God understands the situation that we are in, and that the most important thing for us is to attempt to set aside as best we can carve out a day to be a Sabbath. For some of us, it can be Sunday. For some of us, it's Sunday until noon. But at least we've set aside that day. The Jewish idea of day, what began 
in the evening, right? It began in the evening, and then it ended uh, when the sun went down the next evening. So if your Sabbath needs to begin at noon on Saturday, because you have to work Sunday afternoon, and your Sabbath happens to begin at a college football game somewhere, I'm okay with that. Part of the Sabbath is not just formally being in worship, it's recreation, recreation. It's doing those things that God gives us just because we enjoy. You know why God created fun? Did you know God created fun? Like, there's no reason why things should necessarily be fun except that God created things to be fun. God created that just to bless us. God created that just to show us how much God loves us. And so if you're going to have fun Saturday afternoon and then Sunday come to church, that's, that, that's wonderful. Uh, for, for myself, I, I try to make Friday a Sabbath as best I can. And, and sometimes I need to work Fridays and I try to make Saturday my Sabbath. Uh, and I, I try to explain sometimes to my son who's working cameras today, I'm sorry, I can't mow the lawn. I'm on my Sabbath. <laughs> it doesn't always go, but he does a great job with the lawn. And I'm very proud of him. Oh, let's look at why God would call us to rest, right? What is God wanting? When we talk about trying to have a day, when we talk about trying to set aside time, and really that's what we're talking about, when you hear us say every single week as the sermon is beginning, set aside time for Bible reading and prayer. Uh, here, here's the Bible reading plan. Make sure you're doing this. Uh, why? Why is that so important that we would constantly say it every single week? It's because of what rest does for us. The first thing rest does is it reconnects you with God. It slows you down enough to actually reconnect with God. And when we're going about our day, many of us, you know, we kind of act a lot like we're God. Like we can take care of everything that, that's coming up, that we just, need, we just need to handle it and move on. And then we rest and we realize there's, there's someone bigger than us who's in control. And, and, and that's okay. I remember very well as I've been watching new freshmen move into their college dorms, I remember that process in my life when I was a high school senior and getting ready to, to embark on college. And I, I remember midway through my senior year, I thought I knew where I was going to college. And then I realized that just wasn't the right place for me. And my parents were so gracious. Uh, we, my, my mother took time off and she and I uh, traveled uh, the, the region and we looked at like five different colleges in a week, and I still don't know how she stood it, uh, but I, I give thanks to her for that. But I remember as we were on that trip, I remember how good it felt knowing that she knew where we were going and she knew what to do. That I was about to make a decision that would uh, have more of an impact on the trajectory of my life than, than most decisions I'd ever made to that point. But I knew she was there, and I knew she was going to guide us on that trip. And I also remember realizing I'll never have this again. I'll never have someone do something like this again. From now on, 
I'll be the one having to make these logistical decisions. I'll be the one having to make all these decisions on my own. And of course, my parents were always just a phone call away. But I just kind of realized this, this is a new chapter. And I remember for a moment worrying, what will I do, right? Uh, what, what, what will I do? Uh, how, how will I really become an adult and take care of myself and do all those things? And then I realized I'll always have someone like that. His name's Jesus. But the thing about Jesus is Jesus isn't quite as aggressive as mothers, right? Mothers demand your attention. And if you don't give them your attention, there will be consequences quickly. Jesus should command our attention, but the consequences aren't often quick. They aren't often felt easily. But if we make that time to rest in God, to look to God, we can find that guidance that we need for all the difficulties life throws at us. I, I shared last time I preached in the contemporary service, I used to think when I was younger that I was a real easygoing guy, that I just had a real good spirit about me and I didn't get too bent out of shape one way or another. And then over the years, life has taught me I wasn't that easygoing. I just didn't have much responsibility, right? So what do we do? What do we do when the responsibility, and, and this can happen to us at any age. I know kids going to school who say, how can I handle third grade? They're going to have standardized tests. How do I handle middle school? We have to change classes all over the building. How, how, how do I handle high school? We're, we're not in pods anymore. We just, we're just sent out to, to go. And there's all these things going on after school, and you have to figure out who, what group you're a part of. How do I handle that? And those are real questions. And we can all remember having those questions. Well, the thing is, in those moments, Jesus is there to guide us. God is there to give us strength beyond our own. But we need to rest in God to find that strength. Not only does rest reconnect us to God, rest restores our perspective. Oftentimes, uh, when we are working hard, it's easy for us to miss the forest for the trees. And all we can see is uh, that there's this issue and we're dealing with it and, and we can't get past it and we have trouble seeing the bigger picture. And when we have trouble seeing the bigger picture, one of the ways that comes out in our lives sometimes is sometimes we aren't as kind as we should be to others. Sometimes we don't place the values that we should uh, upon relating to others in a gracious, compassionate way because we just have to take care of this because this is so important and we don't see everything else going on. You know, one of the ways that I learned actually from a business consultant, when you're up against a problem that you can't figure out, is to step back and focus on something else. Allow yourself to rest for a minute, then come back to it. And it's amazing the creativity that takes place. It's amazing the creativity that takes place over time when we're real willing to rest. And it's amazing how we can trust that God will act in God's time. Listen, God never promises 
you to give you the strength you need for a situation that you're facing until you're in that situation, right? God doesn't promise to give it in advance. God promises that when you're there, God will provide it. God didn't part the Red Sea two months before the Hebrew people got there, right? God didn't even part the Red Sea when Pharaoh's army was getting close. God waited until Moses stepped out into it and put his staff into it, and God parted it. And so much of the time in my life, I, remind, I, I need to rest and remind myself of this, that when we get there, God will part the waters, that we worship a God whose job is parting waters, whose job is making a way out of no way. And oftentimes our job is just to run towards the Red Sea and to trust God to do God's job. And we can rest in, in that. Rest restores your perspective. And finally, rest reignites your passion. If you find yourself just going through the motions of life, you can do that for a while, but eventually that strength runs out. And eventually you get to a place in your life where you're easily burned out. You get to a place in your life where, and, and really you can tell if you're beginning to burn out spiritually or emotionally because the good things in life are no longer that good and the bad things uh, cause increasing levels of resentment. If you're getting to a place where, where you don't enjoy the, the good things as, as much uh, and where uh, little things that you used to brush off are just causing outbursts and, and resentment, it might be that what you're getting into is something that, that we call burnout and rest reignites your passion. And there are different ways to rest here. I want, I want, I want you to know that. Some of us think, well, I'll go on a vacation and I'll come back and everything will be fine. Maybe, maybe. I, I do want to share with you, there are some vacations that are not in the least bit restful. They're, they're quite good, but, but they're not the least bit restful. But even if you go on a vacation where, where everything goes great and you go to the beach and you eat good food and, and there, there's no stress, when you come back, that won't necessarily fix everything. Because... When we talk about rest, it's not so much vacation as it is our daily habits. Do we have a sustainable way each day of seeking God, of pausing enough to celebrate the goodness in life, of having a day each week like today uh, where we take time to be in God's presence, to have our passion reignited? And nothing reignites your passion like hearing from your Creator about why you were created. But it's very hard to hear from God when you're going 100 miles an hour. In fact, it's, it's almost impossible. And what we find is when we get quiet, when we make that time, God often speaks to us. Now, sometimes just in a feeling of refreshment or strength, but sometimes in actual words, God speaks. God speaks and God whispers with that still small voice. Do you remember the old uh, movie, uh, Field of Dreams? If you build it, they will come, right? Everybody remembers that line. Uh, and it's just this little line. 
and, but it's said by this disembodied big voice. Do you know why we remember that? Because what they did in that movie about baseball was they tapped into the way God often speaks to us in little words. What did God say to Abraham? Go, right? Go, go from your homeland and I will build a great nation to you. God didn't give Abraham a book this big of telling him how to journey. God just said a sentence or two. God still says things like that to us. I can think throughout my life of six or seven times where I felt I have literally heard God speak words like that. And I wonder how many more times God was trying to say something that I wasn't, didn't slow down enough to hear. And I can think of those six or seven times, and I wish I had time today to share all, all that with you uh, for, for my life. But each of those times directly impacted the course of my life. And I heard because I slowed down enough to listen and to look. When God commands us to rest, God is inviting us to listen and look for his presence and to trust that in that presence is more strength, is more energy, is more wisdom, is more passion, is more goodness, is more love than we could ever, ever need. We come today to take communion. And as we take communion, we have a chance to say to God, God, I want to rest in you. Because we, we come with empty hands, recognizing that our energy is often used up. And we say, okay, God, will you restore me? Will you restore my spirit? Will you restore my soul? Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.